Welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation brought to you by Ledium. In today's episode, Holland Mitchell welcomes Wendy Weiss, founder of Salesology, to discuss her prospecting method that generates predictable sales results. They also dive into the importance of warming up, rehearsing, and performing in sales, as well as overcoming call reluctance. Holland, take it away. All right, welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation brought to you by Lidium. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell, and today I've got Wendy Wise. She's the founder of Salesology, a prospecting method that generates predictable sales results. Wendy has helped 775 plus businesses increase qualified appointments and sales faster. Wendy, welcome to the show. Wow, I am so happy to be here, Colin. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, it's it's nice to nice to meet again. Um, you know, you you have a fantastic uh, podcast yourself, and uh, always love having good sales conversations with with fellow podcasters. So, um, you know, give people just a little bit more background on yourself, um, and you know, kind of how you got into the sales world. Oh, absolutely! And I must mention that my podcast, Salesology Conversations with Sales Leaders, you've been on my podcast, so thank you for that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, my company. We're salesology and a very circuitous path to get here. I was never supposed to be a sales trainer. Um, I was supposed to be a ballerina. My first career was I danced with Pittsburgh Ballet Theater. And uh, then I danced uh, with the Cincinnati Ballet. And as you may know, ballet is one of the most difficult and exacting art forms And I got into this completely by accident because in between my dance jobs, like many artists, I needed a day job. And I got a job with a telemarketing agency that did business development. And lucky for me, they taught me this skill set. And it was completely transformational, changed my life because A few years later, when I stopped dancing, it enabled me to build and grow a business. They taught me how to prospect and they taught me how to sell. So, um, yeah, today my company, Salesology, uh, we work with uh, business owners, entrepreneurs, sales sales teams, um, and help them build pipelines of qualified opportunities faster, more easily, and more profitably. Sounds pretty, it sounds like every sale uh, founder or sales leader's dream. (laughs) I think uh, for whatever reason, you know, top of funnel prospecting uh, continues to be one of the biggest challenges, I think, of many sales teams. Um, But I'm curious, I'm curious to know in that first job, like, what was it that you were selling over the phone? That very first job all those years ago um, was doing business development. It was prospecting. It was appointment setting. Uh-huh. And uh, they taught us exactly. Uh, there, were, there were all sorts of different kind of clients. And they, they taught me this skill set. And the skill set, as I said, it was completely transformational. Uh, because knowing how to speak with a prospect... Uh, get their attention quickly, and then get their engagement and agreement to take that next step um, is vitally important because nothing happens until a prospect agrees to talk to you. Right, right. And uh, curious, was there any transferable skills, mindset, things as a ballerina 
that helped you be successful uh, in sales? Thank you for asking that question because I'll share with you um, that I actually believe everything I know in life and in business I learned in ballet class. And uh, so this is actually what I learned in ballet class. It's, it is the three steps of the salesology prospecting model. Um, if you're a dancer, uh, you don't just run out on stage and start dancing. Uh, you have to warm up. You have to get set up uh, to do what you need to do so you don't have a career-ending injury. And, you know, elite athletes do the same thing. They don't just run out on the state or run out on the field and start playing the game. They warm up so they don't have a career ending injury. Um, there are things you need to have in place if you're a, a solopreneur or if you manage a sales team. There are things you need to have in place so that you don't hurt yourself and you don't hurt your bottom line or your sales team. They don't hurt themselves. They don't hurt you. They don't hurt your bottom line. Yeah. You know, step two, if you're a dancer and you have a concert coming up, you don't, again, you don't just run out on stage. You have to rehearse. You've been rehearsing for months. And um, if you're a dancer, we, we, we warm up at the bar, B-A-R-R-E. We take a ballet class every day, five or six days a week. And um, in a ballet class, you start at the bar, you do plies, tendus, degage, rendezvous. You always do those steps in exactly that order every day. And what you're doing when you take class every day and you do the same steps every day in the same order is you're building technique, which is habit. It's muscle memory. You do the same thing over and over again until you don't have to think about it. You can just execute and then the third step in the salesology model, step one is warm up, step two is rehearse, then and only then is it time to perform. The problem is far too many people just start with the performance and that's why it doesn't work. They haven't, they haven't laid the groundwork. And, um, and May, I'd like to tell you a little bit about call reluctance. Because call, call reluctance to me is like stage fright. And I've been there. You're, you're waiting in the wings. You're waiting for your, your cue. Your heart's pounding. You think you're going to throw up. Mm. And then you hear your music and you get out on stage and you dance. Well, what enables you to do that when you're so scared? You've warmed up. You're prepared. You've rehearsed. You have automatic muscle memory. That's what enables performance. And what I've seen in all the years that I've been doing this is that for most people, once they they know what they're doing, they have a system in place, uh, they've warmed up so they're prepared, they've rehearsed, they have automatic muscle memory, a lot of that call reluctance goes away. Yeah, I mean I mean call reluctance is a is a real thing. I think anybody who's made enough enough calls in their career has experienced it at, at some point. You know, um, and it's, it's so bad sometimes, you know, take so many phone calls, even just to get somebody on the phone. And then that phone reluctance is, is so real that I actually just hang up <laughs> because they don't know what to say. Right. That's probably phone reluctance at its worst. I think when people think of phone reluctance, they're often thinking like, oh, just 
you know, the phone uh, weighs a million pounds and it's, you know, hard to even just pick up and make the calls. Um, but I think, you know, sometimes people are just doing activity for the sake of doing activity, um, but don't have that practice or, uh, you know, warm up that they've done in order to have that muscle memory and build the skill to be confident on the phone. And, and the interesting thing is, is like, if you think about it, if you're making cold calls, like what's the worst they could possibly happen. I mean, no one has ever died. (laughs) Not one, not one person. I mean, your phone reluctance and anxiety would have to be really high (laughs) to to cause any serious health problems, uh, from cold calling. But, um, you know, worst that can happen is somebody's going to hang up on you. I mean, maybe they say something not so nice, but you know, uh, you know, it's not, it's not a, uh, terrible thing. If somebody says something not nice, you know, you, you learn to kind of roll with the punches and, and make the next call. I think one of the most important things I learned early on in cold calling is, um, you don't take your last call into the next call, right? Um, because you, you know, if, if you bring that mindset, that energy of a call that didn't go so good into the next call and the next call and the next call, you're going to have a series of very bad calls. Absolutely. That's actually one of the things I learned uh, in ballet class, uh, because when you're out on stage and you're dancing something, sometimes things don't work. You slip, you fall down, you miss a step, and you have to keep dancing. And um, But here, here is the thing, going back to this idea of, of warming up and call reluctance, when I'm working with clients, so many of them have such anxiety about what they are going to say. How am I going to introduce myself? Well, what if they say this? What if they say I already am working with someone? What if they say they're busy? What if they say they can't talk now? What, what if they say that? So having that preparation ahead of time, uh, which means having that very clear definition of the target, You cannot Mm -hmm. figure out what to say until you know who you're going to say it to. So who are you talking to? What's what's the audience? What's the target? And then what are you going to say? And lots of times um, people will say to me, and I'm sure you've encountered this, uh, Colin, oh, I can't use a script. I I can't be myself, you know, if I don't have a script. I would argue... um, that having that script as a guideline enables you to be your best self ever because you are prepared. Yeah. And if you have a bad call, it's data. It's not life-threatening. It's just data. What happened on the call? What can I change so that that doesn't happen again. You know, if I'm if I'm out on stage and I'm dancing and I fall down, I'm going to try and figure out why I fell down so that it never happens again. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I think that um, really important piece there because if you want to improve your skills here, um, you know, when you have a bad call or you have a misstep or you know, say something you probably shouldn't have said. Um, those are all good learning lessons. And you don't want to keep making the same mistakes over and over. So they're good opportunities to learn and improve. Um, you know, and especially when you're like 
calling into a new market or uh, maybe launching a new product or service, or maybe you're just a startup, you know, you're working with a, a hypothesis a lot of times, right? You think you know who your target is. You, you think you have a script that's going to work and, um, you know, you really are testing, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, getting through what's not working faster uh, is, is a good thing. Right. And so if you can kind of shift your mindset of like, oh, it's not if you're not booking, let's say booking meetings is the metric. Right. Because everybody wants to book meetings and you're not booking any meetings. Well, yeah, that's not great. Uh, but it's also telling you that, well, hey, maybe the targeting is off. Maybe the messaging is not working. Maybe the value props not resonating. You can start to see, you know, where are people falling off on the script or not converting for you? Um, and that gives you, like you said, Wendy, that, that data to make those adjustments that you need. Yes. And one of the things I've actually always been kind of puzzled by this, um, because in real life, people react to what you say to them. So if you're having a conversation with somebody and you get a really bad reaction, lots of times it's because you said something they didn't like. Mm -hmm. If you are talking on the phone to a prospect or if every prospect that you speak with says, I'm not interested and hangs up the phone, well, you've either targeted wrong or they just don't think you're saying something interesting. So it's just data. Figure out something else to say. Yeah, I mean, tar targeting could be the problem, uh, or or it could be a number of things, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, and I think you know that's where you know the uh, I, I would say that's where we separate the good from the great cold callers, right? <laughs> because you know a, 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 a just average person on the phone is just going to keep keep calling, keep calling the same people, keep using the same script, playing it as the numbers game, as they like to say, where you know, uh, more of a seasoned person can identify, oh, this is not, this is not resonating. Let's make some adjustments. Let's maybe change the opening. Let's ask some different questions, you know, and, and constantly be testing things. Um, but you know, I think the, the thing that people don't necessarily understand is this, the phone is still one of the most, the most powerful sales tools. Everybody wants the easy button. They want to use social. They want to do content. They want to send LinkedIn messages and, and, you know, email every potential prospect that could be a customer. Uh, but the phone and having conversations with people is still one of the most powerful ways to build top of funnel. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll add that because so many people think the phone doesn't work or nobody's answering their phone, you know, Five years or so ago, before COVID, uh, you call someone, they, they would might say to you, do you know how many salespeople called me today? I can pretty much yeah. guarantee nobody's going to say that. Because <laughs> people are not, not as many sales professionals are calling. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a lot. There's a lot of good uh, information here for people that are looking to, you know, maybe that are interested in the salesology method, and and you have something that we can share with them uh, to where they can get some access to some of these tools that you have and, and learn a bit more and get into your world. Um, where where what is it that you have for them, and where's the best place for them to find that? Wow, thank you for asking, and. Um... Because we do, we do have a gift for everyone that's watching or listening, and that is the Salesology Vault. I mentioned earlier my podcast where I did interview Colin. It's Salesology Conversations with Sales Leaders, 
And every time that I interview a sales leader on the podcast, they usually have some sort of gift for, for my listeners. And what we've done is we have taken all of those gifts and we have put them in one place, the Salesology Vault. And so um, you can go to the vault and you're going you're gonna to put the link in the show notes, uh, correct, Colin? Yes, we'll drop the link for the Salesology Vault so everybody can get access to all the tools that uh, and the free gifts you got for them. And then where's the best place for people to connect with you and, and follow you if they'd like to as well? Uh, well, please, uh, our, our website is gosalesology.com. Um, and uh, back to the vault, we've recorded well over 60-some episodes, so there's 60-some guests gifts in the salesology vault so you can go and download your gifts and please also connect with me on linkedin awesome we'll drop all the links there in the show notes thanks wendy so much if you enjoyed today's episode please write us a review share the show with your friends it really does help us to reach more sellers and sales leaders to help transform the way that they sell